Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Cassandra Darlin here with Darlin Discussions. Today, my guest is Charlie Crockett, and he is with Unbound Waco, and they are an anti-human trafficking um, program company, whatever mm-hmm. company. Yeah, nonprofit organization. Nonprofit yeah. organization, yeah. Um, and so I'm really excited. He's going to show us a very small clip of his presentation. Um, about what they do and how they are helping people here and across the world. So, Charlie, I'll let you get started on this, and I'll yeah. just interrupt you every once in a while and be totally rude and ask you questions, okay? Hey, that sounds all good to me. That okay. Sounds all good. Great. Um, yeah, so my kind of role, I mean, I'm the outreach coordinator for Unbound, and so what that means, I'm just mainly the guy who trains people. And so uh, I'll come in and train um, uh, professionals and students mostly, uh, and so in schools, with kids and then um, uh, professionals like law enforcement, doctors, teachers, that sort of thing. What what schools yeah. have you gone to or organizations have you gone to around McLennan County? Yeah, so around McLennan County, we do uh, pr- like multi-week programs with the high school students at Waco High. Um, and then we're also in uh, La Vega Middle School and we do uh, multi-week sessions there as well. We do a 10-week uh, long group. And so... Um, that's that's where we are post-COVID. Uh, before that, we were in various different schools with our volunteer base was very strong and active. And so we're uh, working to build that up now after COVID. Um, okay. Now that the schools have opened up and everything's uh, starting to get back to normal. Oh, okay. Yes. So you've got, your job is really revving up right now. Absolutely. It was yes. kind of dormant through the... Yes. Okay. Yes. And so I came on the team uh, kind of right after COVID had uh, oh, okay. started to loosen up a little bit. And so... Um, yeah, as soon as I got on, we started ramping ramping links up. So, okay. um, yeah, so everything's kicking back in and should should be back to uh, more normal soon. So, uh, yeah, but uh, so yeah, we'll talk about a lot about different things uh, regarding human trafficking, what we do, all that stuff, and so, um, so yeah, we just have a little bit about us and um, kind of what we do and at Unbound. Um, we started about ten years ago in 2012, um, and. Uh, really, it was just a small group of people overseas uh, doing missionary work and saw that children were getting trafficked, um, saw that kids were kids were getting sold for sex and um, and labor and things like that. Uh, and it just broke your heart. It broke their hearts seeing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they were uh, they came back to Waco and tried to figure out what to do about that. And so uh, when they did that, they started researching, figuring out kind of a plan on what they were going to do, plan of attack on how to deal with that issue overseas, um, and then realized it's happening in Waco. Uh, and yeah, I just remembered something. Mm-hmm. I forgot to do the disclaimer again. Mm-hmm. So anybody at any point, if you are feeling um, triggered by this, if you start feeling anxious or depressed um, because of the sensitive topic that we're talking about today, please feel free to put this on pause. Take some deep breathing exercises. Ground yourself. Um, relax. And if you need to just like not watch this podcast, that's fine. You're not going to break my heart or Charlie's, mm-hmm. 
But if you can stick around and listen to this, it's really important for everybody. Thanks. Okay. Yes. Now we'll get back to what you were saying. Absolutely. No, that's so. That's definitely so important. Yeah, that's really good. Because um, really, trafficking is is an absolutely brutal, dark, super dark issue, and it can trigger a lot of different uh, things and traumas if if you have something like that. And I know story. from mm-hmm. your presentation before at my seminar, mm-hmm. I was so shocked at how insidious it is and how mm-hmm. it is impacting everybody. Mm-hmm. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's just a lot of interconnected things, you know? And so if it's, whether it happened, something uh, like happens to you or someone, you know, it's definitely just very, uh, hyper emotional, hyper traumatic. So for sure. Uh, for sure. Okay. I'll let you get back to that. All right. So, uh, basically when all that happened, right, they came back to Waco, tried to figure it out, um, and realized it started happening in Waco. Um, it would be, it was a huge issue. Right. And so, uh, people were getting sold on Craigslist. We're finding people being sold on Backpage, wow. um, and just open postings. Uh, and so started looking into this, making relationships with law enforcement. Uh, and then everything kind of started out of here. And so we had to clean up our own backyard before we tried to fix the whole world basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now after 10 years, we have all these programs, we have about 10 offices, um, four international and then five in Texas and one in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, and so, uh, all the offices do different things, but they all do these four things. Um, these are all kind of core things within each office. And so uh, this is kind of who we are. So first thing is prevention awareness. We do uh, educational things to prevent this crime from happening. Uh, so anything we can do uh, within students and kids and juvenile detention centers and foster homes, anything like that to educate these kids mm-hmm. on how they can keep themselves safe how they can keep their friends safe, each other safe, what social media safety looks like, what healthy relationships look like. Um, I mean, how just speaking value and worth into them, uh, where, where people have spoken the opposite. Um, all of these things kind of prevent them from being taken advantage of. Uh, and so they know exactly what to do. Now, yeah. you're saying kids and stuff. And um, mm. are you going to mention later about like the ages or... Mm. Or should I, cause like, I'm like, should I ask you about that now? Cause I remember that being like such yeah. a huge shock for me. Yeah, absolutely. No, that is, I mean, yeah, we'll, there's, there's look, there's some opportunity for that, but I mean, we, we work with people from all ages. Uh, I mean, we worked with someone with uh, the oldest client I know we've worked with is about uh, in her 60s, 64, 65 years old. Um, and then we had a client not too, too long ago that was around, uh, five. So, wow. um, and that's just what we worked with. Uh, there are absolutely, uh, younger victims than that and absolutely older victims than that. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a, it's a crime, unfortunately, that does not uh, discriminate in any way. Uh, it does not look a certain way. It can happen at all, uh, to any age or anything like that. So, okay, for sure. I'll quit trying to mess up the pace <laughs> of your PowerPoint no, here. That's all right. I could talk, <laughs> unfortunately, I could talk about this all day and, and, yeah. um, uh, and there's so many different things to touch on and talk about. So, for sure. Okay. Um, so we try to prevent this whenever we can, uh, in any way that we can, for mm-hmm. sure. And a lot of that happens by talking to kids, um, and doing groups. Uh, and then secondly, professional training. So again, I'll, I train everyone from law enforcement to doctors, teachers, uh, just regular professionals, really anybody that's going to work with people, uh, and, uh, see people on a daily basis. One of the things, one of the most important things that we know about trafficking in the United States, uh, is that the nature of it happens mostly through relationship. Uh, and it happens uh, on the internet. And so, uh, I mean, that's a lot of where the grooming first starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and so this, what that means is that it can happen to anybody and look uh, completely different from what we think it looks like in the movies, where most of it is abduction, kidnapping, and that sort of thing. Uh, where in the U.S. it really doesn't, 
take form like that. So uh, I'm not going to have Liam Nielsen coming after me, Neeson? Mm, yeah. Neeson. Come <laughs> after me and be like rescuing me or anything. Yeah, no, like no. no. You won't hear about the particular set of skills or anything like that. No, he's. Darn it. Yeah, he won't be here, unfortunately. And uh, and they got that right, at least uh, uh, in the movie too, because most of that happened in Europe, and that was mm-hmm. it is more more common in uh, different places overseas where that style of trafficking is more uh, prevalent. Uh, and it does happen uh, in the U.S. It just is the least likely way that that happens that we know of. So, mm. uh, the majority of the way this happens is recruiting by relationship, and so. What that means, though, is that um, victims can oftentimes be just in public, uh, and you can encounter them every day. Um, you can walk by them in the grocery store. Uh, oftentimes in child trafficking in the U.S., kids are still going to school. They're still living at home uh, with their parents. Um, whether their parents are the traffickers or just someone else, there's an outside trafficker. They still could be there, and there's a lot of other wow. things that are keeping them uh, from saying something, for sure. Wow. And so if we train our professionals, we train the people in stores, we train people and professions that work with students, work with kids, work with youth, um, then there is so much opportunity to identify uh, victims for sure. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that you are training people in businesses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, you know, that's a big part of Darlin discussions and Darlin professional group is going into businesses and teaching them mental mm-hmm. health training for their employees and helping them feel more safe and secure. But also with this, I mean, that's helping everybody feel safer and secure mm-hmm. in that business, whatever business it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So y'all need to call Charlie. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Call him. Anyways, get some Absolutely. of this professional training. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, and all of our trainings are specified. Uh, we have a training specifically for law enforcement. We have a hotline number specifically for law enforcement to be able to utilize and use for themselves. If they're in a situation where they don't know how to handle that, or if they need reinforcements or anything like that, uh, we have specific things for, uh, hotel and motel staff. Uh, so they know exactly what to do. And we partner with law enforcement on that as well. Um, yeah, we try to be as specific to where you, where your needs are and what you need to know, uh, in, in any kind of, uh, form of work or professional atmosphere. Yeah, sure. I could imagine like grocery stores too being like a big part. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and then the biggest thing, I mean, why we got into the work is to work with victims, right? Um, we saw the hurting and the victims that needed help and needed people to step in and uh, stand beside them and walk with right. them. And so that's why we got into the work. And so that's what we do in every office, right? We have uh, uh, advocates that do long-term case management with victims. We'll stick with victims as long as they need. Uh, we'll walk with them and uh, throughout their whole process, which is oftentimes uh, very difficult and very um, complicated and not a linear process whatsoever. And so, right, of course, because yes. I'm sure it's like any kind of PTSD that mm-hmm. you're suffering, especially from something like this can, mm-hmm. that can be so complex too. Um, it's not going to just be one straight line. It's going to be in waves and you're going to think you're doing better and then backtrack. It's just Mm -hmm. like any other healing in the human body. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we know that there's a bunch of different facets that happen with the trauma of trafficking. uh, One of which specifically in relational trafficking is going to be that trauma bond that forms uh, when there is abuse in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's common in just abusive relationships in general, but specifically in something like, uh, trafficking. Yeah. Uh, and so we see that that just that alone, that trauma bond alone is so strong that a victim will go on average, uh, go back to their trafficker three times before they fully get away from them. Wow. Uh, and so we, uh, we will walk with victims and sometimes they'll go back, uh, and we have to just be there with them and stick through it. 
they may come back to us. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Uh, and we just walk with them wherever they are. We're not going to keep them uh, as much as may, we may want to uh, right. hold them and keep them back. Right. We're not going to take, take that role and do something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. To have them, their choice kind of like when people are going through addictions and they always mm -hmm. say like relapse is a part of recovery. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's like, yeah, this is going to happen. Yeah. It hurts so bad to watch somebody go through that. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's something they've got to do before they mm -hmm. get totally free of it. Yeah, absolutely. Because and, and uh, the way that that may process in someone who's going through that uh, is that you're just treating them in the same way that they're their trafficker might in the way that they're you're not allowing them freedom to do oh, or well, anyway. Yeah. And so there's they could be re-traumatizing if you if you act in that way, even though, you know, that is the you just have the best in mind for them, for sure. Wow. Um, but we work directly with victims. Uh, we have a 24 hour hotline number. Um, so victims can call. Uh, other people can call to refer. Uh, sometimes we get calls from parents or just people on the street that see something and didn't didn't uh, feel right about it. Um, and so we will respond to that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and um, can respond right on the call uh, whenever they need. Uh, yeah. And if you need it, it's going to be in our description mm -hmm. below. Okay? So yes. check that out. Absolutely. And so we have our number, uh, and then there's the National Human Trafficking Hotline number that I will provide you as well. So I'll put both in. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, and we'll do that. We've worked, walked with victims since the very beginning, uh, and that's why we do the work. So, uh, And then lastly, community activation. It really is, again, uh, we need everybody to get involved in this. Um, we know that uh, one of the big ways the traffickers gain power is by nobody talking about this. So they're going to go to all lengths to make sure that no one says anything about this issue. Um, and so we want to do the opposite and talk about it. You know, that's, I don't necessarily like talking about trafficking, um, like we're but this is what we're doing. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not, it's not a fun or happy thing to talk about, uh, but it's so important that we do. Because uh, yeah. you can feel as you do it, you're taking power away from traffickers, and that is a wonderful feeling. So you should yeah. share this and talk about it with your friends, not just so that I can get more likes, but <laughs> because this is important, okay? Yes. And also I like likes. I mean, <laughs> who doesn't? But share it on Facebook, share it on Insta, share it on everything. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So um, this is really just talking about uh, the general scope of trafficking. It's about... Mm -hmm. 40.3 million people in the world estimated around uh, wow. being trafficked. Um, and it's currently... What is this, the, what's the yeah. world population? Oh, man. Um, like 5 billion or something? I'm not, I'm not sure. Something like that. Some, it's okay. in the billions. It's in the billions. It's billions. Yes. But so this so. is 40.3 million. That's yeah. got to be like 10% or something. I'm really bad at math. Don't y'all... <laughs> Don't y'all judge me because of the bad math skills, all right? But that's got to be like a, a big percentage, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. It's uh, the second biggest criminal industry in the world currently, um, second only to drug trafficking. Uh, and everyone kind of is familiar with drug trafficking and how big of an issue that is and how much focus and attention has been put on drug trafficking. And, and uh, I bet they go a lot hand in hand. Oh, they very much go hand in hand. Um, and part of the reason uh, they it's estimated right now that sex trafficking, well, human trafficking in general, it's going to overtake drug trafficking in a year now uh, just because uh, unfortunately there people are switching over or putting more of an emphasis on human trafficking because in drug trafficking where the product is a drug, uh, you sell it, it's used and it's gone. Um, where in human trafficking where the product is people, people can be used over and over again and people are switching over and seeing this as a more lucrative thing. And so unfortunately we're seeing this rise uh, as years go on. Um, so think about like all the people you know who have done drugs. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows somebody who's done drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. It's going to be where everybody knows somebody who's been trafficked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Or has used, you know, the trafficking services. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's an, and we go into all sort of the main presentation I give. 7.9 billion. Thank you, Allison. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 7.9 billion. <laughs> so can you do the math on that for me? The 40 million? Because I'm interested about percentage. So you're an angel. Okay, talking to our our crew. All right, 150 billion is the industry. Yeah, so it makes every year. So they bring in 150 billion every year, every year. And part of this, again, a big part of this that we talk about and emphasize in all of our student trainings and professional trainings is the other side of the demand for trafficking, uh, which has a lot heavily to do with pornography and the pornography industry. Um, and so one of the reasons why this is also becoming and growing so fast is the readily accessible pornography. Um, and so the demand of this is growing uh, and the demand of this is skyrocketing. Uh, and then a lot of this, the nature of trafficking right now uh, is being put on the internet. So people that are being trafficked are having videos taken of them uh, and they're being put on these websites and they're getting money for it. Uh, so when people watch this or give it attention. Uh, and so, uh, what I talk to, what I tell kids in middle school, even uh, when we have our, our week dedicated to talk about pornography, uh, which they don't really feel that comfortable with, but we talk about it because it's important. Right. Um, and one of the things we talk about is that um, is when I tell them about uh, the readily, how readily accessible drugs may be mm-hmm. um, and ask them, well, how long do you think it would take you to get a drug, any, any which drug that you may be addicted to? And the fastest maybe they could do if they had the right contacts, if they had knew all the people, if they could connect uh, right away, it would take a, maybe a few hours or something like that. Um, even in their, even if they're in school, they can meet somebody or something like that. Mm. Um, if any type of addiction that they may have, whether it's food, whether it's anything that they like to get to, it may take a while. Um, but pornography is accessible in a matter of seconds. Um, at any point, um, kids have wow. a phone on them at any point right on their person at all times um, and all it takes sometimes whether you're looking for it or not uh, it can be accessible within seconds uh, and so that is the seed that is creating demand for trafficking mm-hmm. um, and it's also could absolutely if you watch something that is trafficking could be putting money in traffickers pockets and contributing to all of human trafficking in the world in the u.s wow and it, it it's so difficult for some people will talk about porn and mm-hmm. you know like Oh, yeah, 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 you know, porn, whatever, this, that, whatever. And when you see, like, these anti-porn things, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, those are just these really conservative people. Mm-hmm. But you're not thinking about the people that you're really hurting mm-hmm. by watching porn. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking about the people who are being trafficked with that, mm-hmm. the people who are doing it against their will. And I think you said in the seminar, too, because a lot of these websites and stuff that they post on there, like, anybody can post on there. Yeah. They're not doing, like... Show me your ID, ma'am, or sir, yeah, or whoever. Absolutely. You know, then they're just posting on there. There's no real way to verify that mm-hmm. that it, that person is that age, mm-hmm. or that this person willingly was videotaped, or yeah. that they're totally, you know, not being trafficked. Is is my point? Okay, absolutely. Yeah, and if you're more interested in that, um, Exodus Cry does amazing work uh, trying to kind of create lawsuits and things like that against these uh, websites oh, really? uh, to get it taken down and kind of even uh, mind geek, which is kind of over all of it. Um, 
and to try to get them to do age restrictions and actually scan for these things and screen for that kind of stuff. Uh, so that so they are, right now, currently, you have no idea how old the person is in the videos, and there's so no way to screen for that. Mind Geek and Exodus Cry. So Mind Geek is kind of what covers what covers. They own pretty much a lot of the different pornography sites and pornography oh, websites. Okay. So they're kind of the one of the heads of this whole industry. Exodus Cry is one of the organizations that's fighting against it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Mind Geek, bad guys. Exodus yes. Cry, good guys. Yes. <laughs> absolutely okay glad i clarified that because i was going to be looking up mind geek and like hey, yeah. it was oh no 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 <laughs> okay yeah. thank you yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is interesting where uh the uh traffickers really they try to take all like they try to keep all of this under brush under the rug in the trafficking world that's kind of with victims they'll try to get people not to talk about it uh, right. but then as soon as pornography happens because they know that's their main driver for demand uh they'll try to emphasize that and promote that as much as they can um, to get people hooked on it and to get people addicted to it. And they'll try to normalize that, desensitize people, all of those things for sure. Um, yeah. And so this is huge. This is massive in the world, 150 billion a year. Um, and in Texas, uh, so that's our, probably one of the largest industries I have to say. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the pornography industry itself is brings in a hundred billion dollars a year, just them. Uh, and so this is, I mean, they're totally interconnected, totally together. It's, for sure. Okay. Um, so in Texas, we average, we have estimated around 313,000 people uh, that are trafficked in Texas. Wow. Um, and that's kind of the big number of uh, labor and sex trafficking, all that's happening from what we know of mm -hmm. uh, in Texas. Uh, and then 79,000 of that, so that of that big number are minors and youth that are sex trafficked just in Texas. 79,000. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of kids, a lot of youth that are that are being um, just even in our own state. Um, yeah. And so, and, and if you and were I to just ask. Yeah. Is it more rural or more urban? Yeah. Well, honestly, um, yeah, I don't know if it if it's really in one place more than the other. Um, okay. And I don't know. I, it's, I mean, it's it's tough to tell. Uh, it's still a tough to identify and get true and true numbers on these sort of things. Mm -hmm. um, but what we know of is course. that the main way that they're recruiting is through relationship the main place they're doing that is on the internet or social media. And so that whether, can happen either, whether you're in a rural area or an urban area, you're desiring relationship because that's pretty much what most people or everyone desires yeah. in some form. Cause it doesn't even have to be a romantic relationship. It could be friendship uh, or even just parental something where you receive love and that's what everyone wants. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone has access to social media and the internet and pretty much everyone's on there. And so, well, when we were talking about the rural, I was thinking there might be some areas out like in West Texas. Let me tell you, I've been, I grew up in Snyder and I tell you my parents' house, you can't get that internet working at all. <laughs> they will not be watching my podcast because they can't get that internet working. So, um, Maybe rural might be a little hey. bit lower because of that. Hey, maybe for maybe for the better. <laughs> no, I'm maybe not saying all of Snyder. I'm just saying out where my parents live. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so there might be some places um, where the internet's not so great, but mm. other than that, yeah, everybody does have access to it. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I don't know what point I'm trying to make. So let's go <laughs> to the next slide. <laughs> all right. So we'll. Um, this is really just describing what what human trafficking even is. Um, and so we have this model that basically understands the law of human trafficking. So when we do these trainings that we can explain to people exactly what this is. So when we're looking at a crime, 
or something that has happened, we can explain and we can know for sure if something's trafficking or not trafficking. Uh, so we use this model to have all the components. If it has all the components, uh, then it's trafficking. Uh, and so we don't, we wouldn't need to touch in brief, like too much on this um, uh, just for the purpose of today. Um, as far as definitions go, uh, human trafficking, labor trafficking, and sex trafficking. Uh, mm -hmm. And so just definitionally, uh, labor trafficking is just anytime someone's forced, lied to, threatened, or they're coerced uh, to provide any labor or service. Um, and then sex trafficking is going to be kind of those same words. So when you look at the diagram, it's all the middle column, how the means of this happens. Uh, and so that's anytime someone's forced, lied to, threatened, or they're coerced uh, to perform any sexual service that's an exchange uh, for something that's valuable. Um, meaning that could be money, it could be drugs, it could be a place to stay, food, haircut and uh, relationship, right? And so um, this is anything that's valuable. If there's an exchange going on, if there is uh, evidence of someone that was threatened, forced into something, they were lied to, they were tricked or anything like that um, to perform any sexual service, and there's that exchange um, and sex trafficking. For wow. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then the important thing for when it has to do with someone that's under the age of 18, so in child sex trafficking, uh, we don't need proof that they were ever forced, lied to, threatened, coerced, anything like that because they can't consent. Uh, and so when we look at a, a case that we think might be uh, child sex trafficking, all we need to prove is that um, they were involved in some type of sexual action that was um, in exchange for something of value, right? So, because the kids can get so easy ma easily manipulated mm -hmm. that they could sit there and be like, oh no, that's my best friend, or I wanted mm -hmm. to have sex with this person mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah. If yeah. Yeah. If they can see that there's an exchange that's of something that's valuable, um, mm -hmm. and that there's evidence of that, and that uh, the action was done, uh, and they're under they're under the age of eighteen, they can't consent. So, um, yeah, that can absolutely still be uh, child sex trafficking for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So, again, we talk about we've talked a bit about why we need to know. It's really because um, it doesn't really matter where you are or what kind of job you work or where, where you are in community. Uh, if you're engaging with people, it's you absolutely can be a part of identifying for trafficking uh, and just out, outright talking about it and spreading awareness about this stuff actively takes uh, power away from traffickers. So the more yeah. we talk about this, the more we normalize having these conversations and talking about red flags, exposing things like the porn industry, um, we really do take power away from traffickers for sure. Every okay. conversation. Um, so within our office, so we started something in, uh, in I believe 20, 2012, I believe, um, uh, called the heart of Texas human trafficking coalition. Uh, -huh. uh, and so that's basically a coalition that brings together all of the major professionals in central Texas that work around this issue. So advocacy center, um, the cove, different places that kind of, uh, do this work. A lot of law enforcement are involved. Um, and so we can kind of collaborate, come together and fight this together, you know, better, mm -hmm. stronger together. Right. Uh, and so we put the, put together this coalition. Uh, and so just last year, that coalition served 107 victims, um, of trafficking. And then our office in Waco served 56 victims. Um, and we have that breakdown of that. It's probably a real small print, but. So the 107, uh -huh. that was in Waco too. Yeah, so Central Texas. Central yeah. Texas. Mm -hmm. so, so it could be like within the six counties? Yes. Yeah, so. Okay, so in the six counties, we had 107, and then the 56, is that different people? Those are different people. Those different are just people. that we have it, served. It unbound in Waco. Yes. 
So in the six counties altogether, we've got, yeah, my math's still again, like 160 <laughs> something. So yeah, somebody's sitting there like, come on, Cassandra, you can't add. But um, that's here, folks. That's your neighbors and, and, and your friends here. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the numbers are pretty interesting when you get into that. Like the breakdown, we served uh, 51 victims that were in sex trafficking four that were in labor trafficking and the one is kind of involved in both, right? Labor and sex trafficking. And typically that could be something like a massage parlor uh, where they're being forced to work and being forced to give sexual favors or something like that. Mm. Um, but what we know is that um, there's probably more labor trafficking victims than sex trafficking victims. Uh, and identifying those two are just really different. Uh, it's, uh, it's much harder to identify a labor trafficking victim uh, just because of the nature of how that works. Uh, and so we oftentimes pretty much every year will work with more victims of sex trafficking than labor for sure. Okay. So why is that hard for, to mm. identify the labor just real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In labor trafficking, uh, victims that are associated with that are, it's oftentimes the workplace, uh, that is happening in, it can be really easily hidden. Uh, and so as people that are identifying and trying to see the red flags and see that unless you're in the workplace or you're in the back or you're on the farm where it's happening or you're, it's it's really difficult. You don't have many eyes on you. And so there's not as many people that are uh, seeing these things or hearing about them. Uh, so the best way by far to uh, identify victims of labor trafficking is going to be within conversation. Uh, and so it's really because if you're not there, uh, right. it's really going to be if you're with somebody, you hear them talking about it, you ask questions, they talk about things like they're not free to come and go. They talk about how their employer is holding this debt over them and saying, or maybe holding over their uh, license or their documents or their ID or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so if there's talk about that, uh, that the employer's like, well, um, I'll pay you as soon as you pay off this debt, but the debt never gets paid. The debt just keeps growing. Um, mm. whatever that is, or if there's physical threats, uh, all different types of threats or violence or aggression or anything like that, all of that is going to be uh, big red flags in conversation. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I hate to cut you off because mm -hmm. we're running out of time, but thank you so much for yeah. coming on this podcast and mm -hmm. giving us a little taste of what it is y'all do at Unbound Waco. And please reach out to Charlie or yeah. anybody else at Unbound Waco. We're going to have the information in the description um, and that um, hotline number that you can call if you are being mm -hmm. trafficked or somebody else you know is being trafficked. Thank you again yeah. for that. And it's... Right yeah. there. All right. We're done. That's a wrap.